Welcome into District 1 Sports. Mike and Micah coming to you live after the Washington football team lost again, 17-10 to to the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos did everything in their power to lose that game up until the last second. Washington was just not able to capitalize from your kicker not being able to get a kick in the air, from not being able to convert in the red zone once again, um, to the defense playing okay at moments, but when it matters most, they gave up the touchdowns that they need. Uh, they gave up touchdowns. It's the same story. It's the same script. Going into the bye week, I would assume that you see a change with Kyle Allen coming in a quarterback, but I don't think that changes much because Taylor, he's a backup quarterback. You're not healthy. You lost, you've now lost four starting offensive linemen. At this point, I truly believe the Washington football team is cursed. They can't have good things. They can't take any steps forward. And I'm done with it. I'm not excited about this team. I don't care about this team. I don't watch their film. It's just apathy at this point. They play a game. I throw it on. Red Zone gets my main TV now. They're lucky they were the 425 game because at 1 o'clock, I would have thrown on Red Zone to watch all the other games and have them on a side TV because they're not worth my time or energy at this point. So, Michael, what were your thoughts on this game? Man, everything you said, especially when we're breaking it down on M. Not only is this team bad, I mean, you can be bad and still be relatively entertaining or at least show heart. I think teams like the Lions at least show that they're trying to improve, even though they talent-wise are way worse than what the Washington football team is. But, dog, I mean, what what are we going to do with what we're seeing on the field? Is there any one fix? Is there any one thing? And this is, like you said, this isn't what we've been talking about, too, where this is a conglomeration of every single little thing that's been wrong since week one. This is the point we're at going into the bye week. The season is lost. Doesn't feel like a situation where they could, you know, turn around very quickly or even turn around in a, in a sense where they could be competitive. Who wants them to be competitive at this point? Who wants to see any of these guys play? I mean, you're not even involving Terry McLaurin, your best player in the offense. And that's not necessarily a him thing. He gets open, but it's just like, there's nothing that can be salvageable here right now. I think the one thing that we're going to have to see going forward you know, the, the game was the game. This is a very Washington football team loss, um, a team that's clearly not trying to win. You still give them the win. But I think going forward, I mean, we just have to look at developmental pieces that are trying to either A, make a name for themselves, or B, keep themselves on the roster next year. Um, there's going to be a lot of hard conversations and a lot of hard talks and a lot of self-reflection over the last little bit of the season because they have done nothing to promote themselves or boost themselves or make them feel good about themselves. When you lose as many games as a row in a row as this team has, I mean, what what else can we really say here? Four losses in a row, none of them have really been like you know competitive in the scheme in the grand scheme of things. And we're in a situation now where the last time we beat a team was the Atlanta Falcons a whole month ago, and you still not finished with this stretch to the season that's considered very very hard. Tampa Bay Buccaneers after the bye week, they're going to be looking for a win. Uh, I'm assuming they're going to play next week, but they're going to be looking for a win against an easy team. Carolina Panthers, these Seattle Seahawks, these are all teams that are going to be looking to. I'm just saying it now. We're losing all of those games. We aren't a competitive team. There's this is a two win team. This is a two three win team. Just prepare yourself mentally. I wouldn't be surprised if we. Actually, I would not be surprised if we don't win another game this year. It wouldn't surprise me at all because what. Can this roster outmatch anybody that we've seen at this point? No, absolutely not. And the games that we did win, the two games that we won, it was fluke. If if we don't make magic happen in Atlanta and 
New York doesn't New York their way to a loss, then this team's 0-17. This is an 0-17 team. This team is somehow worse than they were last year. And that's our doing, I guess, you know, buying into the hype or whatever. But this team is a far, far, far way from even being competitive in the NFL. And this is what we're at now. This is real life. And, hey. Yeah, this is what this team has gone to for something eight weeks ago where you had so much excitement. For the first time ever as a fan going into the season, I had excitement and they weren't able to live up to it. A couple of things from the game that I did like, Jared Patterson, nice to see him get some snaps. He had some really good runs. J.D. McKissick is still a baller. I know Antonio Gibson is still kind of hobbling from that shin injury. Hopefully the bye week he's able to get back. On defense, Jonathan Allen was good. Montez Sweat, Chase Young had the fumble. Uh, I thought the secondary, although they weren't great, you're going to give up yards in the air. It's just what the game is now. But tackling in space, really good. Landon Collins had his best game as a member of the Washington football team. But besides that, I mean, I guess individual things here and there, but they just didn't put it together. The offense is bad again. The defense is... I. It, it was a good game, but it's so fluke. You know it's fluke because the Denver Broncos offense is so bad. So who knows what this season is to behold for the Washington football team. But at this point, I truly don't care. I'm already starting to look at quarterbacks in the draft because I heard people talking saying that this is maybe a team that will be in the nine or tens. No, they're going to be back in the top five again, picking for a quarterback this year. It's us. It's the Lions. Um, it's the Texans, it's maybe the Dolphins who are, are, are really bad. Like, those are the teams that are going to be looking at the top five. We are in that mix. We are going to be, have a top five pick. So, to all the Washington football team fans out there, let's just start watching quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett, yesterday I watched him. I mean, I went to the University of Pittsburgh, so I watch all the pick games. But he, he had a really good game. Two interceptions, one was on him, one was on his receiver. But he brought a pick team back that was down – by more than two touchdowns against a good Miami team, they lost. But both of their losses, he has 900 yards, I believe six TDs and two uh, two interceptions. So that's a guy you have to watch. Matt Corral, he had a bad interception last game, but he's been good all season. Carson Strong against Fresno State put up 400 yards. So, yeah, that's what we have to do now. We just have to scout quarterbacks because there's nothing else for us to do. Russell Wilson isn't coming to a team that goes, that wins two wins. Aaron Rodgers is not coming to a team that wins two that wins two games. Derek Carr is not leaving the Raiders to take a step back to come to Washington. Damn, if I was Marcus Mariota, why would I even want to come into the situation where exactly. other teams, maybe like Denver, who, I mean, their defense isn't all the way healthy yet, but when they are, they're the best in the league. You can be like, hey, maybe I can be a game manager like Teddy Bridgewater. So I don't know why a vet would come here. So you're back in the Mitch Trubisky Abyss? No way. That's not happening. So you're drafting a QB. Um, do you have anything else on this team? If not, I just want to switch and talk Washington Wizards. One more thing, man. Just one more thing. Um, everything you said is very much on point. We are in that um, depth of QB territory where if we don't get a QB, is it going to be a terrible, terrible process? Maybe a fireable offense by Ron and gang. Um, but interesting, just the polarity here going on. The Broncos, as you mentioned, when the defense is finally healthy, a top three defense in the league, a team with a game manager, quarterback, and weapons, still being able to make it happen. This is what we thought the Washington football team could be. And you're seeing the Broncos actually be out there and executing. Yes, it was bad football, but this is a little bit more realistic, I I think. I think the Broncos are playing about where the Washington football team, we thought 
at very worst, will be playing. And the issue here is the Broncos are going to be in a position where they could possibly attract another guy down the road. Maybe you see, hey. Rodgers already said he wants to go there, bro. Like- exactly. And, and, that's, and that's one of the things. You showed enough in the season where even if you – even if you lose out every single game, or even if you stay in this middle float, the Broncos have shown enough to attract somebody. Watching a football team, dude, you're going to be running back either. You're going to be running back the same roster because you have no choice. I don't think you. I don't think you let anybody hit the free agent market now because who can you going to you know besides unless you throw a hell of money at somebody who are you going to attract here? We're in that situation now where it's already in game, you know, for this what's going on. And yes, sir. Real quick, updated NFL yeah. draft order. Detroit one, Houston two, Miami three, but I forgot that first round pick is going to the Eagles. Jacksonville four, your Washington football team number five. So of that of that top five right now, uh, you would assume Detroit, Houston, and the Eagles take the top three quarterbacks. So what does that mean? You got to lose more because you can't find yourself in a situation where you're getting the fourth quarterback in a draft that isn't deep. There's Carson Strong, there's Kenny Pickett, there's Matt Corral, there's Malik Willis. I guess those will be the four first round QBs. I don't really know how many of them are top five guys. We'll figure that out as we go. But as the season trudges along, Tom Brady come into DC and take care of business. Yeah. And that's where we're at now. That is the point. This is all we got left. So we got to take it for what it is, you know? So, Hey, we're going to see what the rest of the league does against these teams. We're going to see how our draft order freaks out, uh, figures out, I should say, but this is reality, man. And you better hope and pray that either, another quarterback rises up and kind of, you know, fills in that spot or you get a situation where you lose enough and you can get a, top, a you know, a certified top quarterback. Those Eagles watching the football team games in the, the season are going to be rough. This is going to be the losing Olympics out there. And this is what we've, this is what we've earned. This is exactly what this team is. We shouldn't have thought anything else about it. And this is reality. This is all I can just keep saying, bro. This is reality and we got to be prepared for it. No more uh, rose scented glasses with this team. It's starting to get real really really quickly i texted micah this morning before the game uh at 10 38 and i texted him am i crazy to root for washington football team to lose out and micah said no uh i said like five wins at this point doesn't mean anything to me and that's what the peak of this team is is a five win team the situation that played itself out two years ago where they played a giants team that both of us we weren't playing for anything but the winner was not going to get chase young we lost the game. We got Chase Young. They got Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas has been in and out of the lineup. And Chase Young, yeah, not having a great, great year sack-wise, but he was really stout in the run game, caused another fumble. I think I'm happy with that choice. So, hey, why not? Why not go ahead and just use this year as another developmental build year? You shut Curtis Samuel down for the season. I'll, I'll probably shut down Antonio Gibson for the season because of his shin and just try to get everybody healthy again to maybe give it another run with the rookie QB next year. But at this point, it's just sad. Ron Rivera is giving the same. I think this team is trying to find themselves. What does that even mean? Like, that means some, nothing, bro. Coaches just say stuff to, like, this team is trying to find itself. What exactly are you trying to find? What is lost? You haven't found anything all season. We thought the Chargers were going to be um, a, a good team, and it's like, oh, it was a close loss to the Chargers, even though I thought it was fluke. The Chargers just lost to the Patriots. They got smacked by the Ravens. This, that's a 4-3 team. That's a 500 team. That made you look pedestrian. So, I mean, I guess they can go ahead and say whatever they want to say. Use the bye week to do whatever. You will make your 
uh, your change with QB and that would be what your big bye week move is. But at this point, I'm just tired of it. I really am. Um, transitioning. This is more off the field. Well, not off the field, but on the field. A lot of the conversation around DC sports media uh, over the week, Michael, was about trading for Deshaun Watson. I just wanted to get your thoughts with what the situation is now and how dire uh, this team is. I doubt Deshaun Watson would waive his no trade clause here, but you, would you be interested before Tuesday's deadline to potentially acquire Deshaun Watson? You know, honestly, I mean, it would be a free roam and a free chance to, you know, bring in a franchise quarterback. But as you mentioned, because he does have he, – he gets to pick really where he wants to go. I don't necessarily see that being a thing now. If the Texans just want to dump him somewhere where, you know, the dumpster fire could get worse, why not throw all your problems on Washington? So, hey, if we're going to double down on the fact that this franchise isn't shit and we're going to be like, you know what, let's take a, a risk on the guy because we're already taking risks everywhere else, sure. But in reality and, in, you know, in practice – I don't even want to see Deshaun Watson add one win to this team. I want them to tank it out. I want them to have a fresh, clean slate. And I want to see if Ron can actually, you know, have a real rebuild, not a fluke rebuild where they win seven games and get into the damn playoffs, a real rebuild where you're starting from literally nothing. And you can you see if you can make this work because it's time. I mean, dude, this is what it's going to be year three. This is going to be year four. Like this is, this is really moving fast. And the last thing I want to do is try to put a Band-Aid over a complete mess of a situation. So, sure, if the Texans want to dump them off to us just for the free, pretty much, okay. Otherwise, I don't want to even see Deshaun Watson. He's not going to help this team out really with anything. I, I just don't want to see Deshaun Watson on this team. Yes, he's a great quarterback, but right now he has 22 cases against him. Like, I think it's even crazy that teams yeah. are having a discussion about – about like trading for him, where yeah. like, bro, what are y'all doing? Like, what the fuck? Like, you don't even know what his status is going to be. You don't know whether this is going to go criminal. This is just way too much of a risk. And again, not to diminish, it's twenty-two guys. Like, let's the football is on the back burner in this one. So, I, I just listened to a lot of radio, and JP Finley was like, "Well, you take a swing. It's all civil cases right now." Knowing the Washington football team and how we're or how cursed we are, they would turn into criminal cases. He would go to jail. And then we just lost three first round picks for Deshaun Watson. So I'm a hard pass on Deshaun Watson. Great football player, scummy person. Don't think it's good to be an organizational fit. Moving on though, Micah. The Washington Wizards. Number one in the East. Number one in the NBA. Two wins over the Boston Celtics. Two wins over a team that made it to, or one win over the uh, a team that made it to the Easter Conference Championship last year in the Atlanta Hawks. No Gafford. Didn't Woody miss one of those games. Bradley Beal has played terrible in some of these games. Obviously, Rui isn't back yet. Thomas Bryant is still recovering from an ACL injury. Yet, your Washington Wizards, Micah, are 5-1. It feels good. It, it feels good that this is something that feels that it's sustainable. It doesn't feel like it's fluke. If Obviously, you're not going to win at the same pace, but they've played so many different games that you're like, oh, they could win anyway. They've had the high-scoring games um, uh, uh, early on. They've had the ugly games like yesterday against the Celtics. They've had the back-and-forth games. They've won in overtime now twice after being down six points in both overtimes with less than three minutes to go. You have multiple closers now where it's either Spencer uh, Dinwiddie can 
go into a pick and roll action with Trez, dump it off. He can dunk it or then what he can take it himself. You obviously have Beal and Kuzma's not afraid to take shots. So we said at the beginning of this week, if we went one and two against the Celtics, the Hawks, and the Nets, we would be happy because that is a gauntlet. The Washington Wizards went two and one. And honestly, that Brooklyn Nets game, uh, I know you watched, Micah, we just couldn't hit a shot. We had so many opportunities to cut back into the lead, and we didn't. So, yes, that was the only game we got blown out in, but I am excited with what this Wizards season is going to be. I am very excited, ecstatic, actually, because this is the first time in our, well, yeah, really our Wizards fan memory of our fandom that – you're seeing a team being able to actually consistently pull out all the close wins that have plagued them forever. The hashtags, the funny stuff, the so the hashtag so wizards, the ability to you know give up games, the you know outright lose games, the players that were just like afterthoughts. All of these things are different, and you can tell in the first six games how different all of this is. I don't know how many other times we would have seen these overtime losses, these close wins turn into bad losses or whatever the case may be. But I think, and I really feel like this team, first of all, the way they play as a cohesive unit and the chemistry they have is, it's ridiculous. I mean, for uh, honestly, for a unit that's really being put together for the first time on a relatively short offseason, just because of everything that's been happening in the last year or two and everything else, you know, that's been going on, the way these guys have chemistry on the court is amazing. There seems to be accountability and of course, that's coming from the top down with Wes Unsell Jr. Um, there seems to be an attention to detail at times, being able to understand that, hey, you know, there's going to be a dumb shot put up as, as a guy like KCP. Let me get this rip to win the game. Kyle Kuzma being able to step up in defensive situations. Guys being able to play that really, I mean, that that what, that two to like four spot relative ease where it kind of just blends in at times with the perimeter defense and having enough interior defense where, of course, it's going to get better when guys get back and get healthy. But being able to not just be bullied on any part of the court, I mean, I don't necessarily remember a Wizards team that has been able to be as well-rounded and balanced as they have without being fully healthy. They're still missing great players, players that are going to be playing 25-plus, 30 minutes, and they're still making it happen. I mean, we talked about it, bro, when, you know, when and during the preseason, when we saw you know, the games they were losing, we know that the games they were losing weren't going to you know, translate directly to what was going to happen to start the season. But we thought at the very worst, excuse me, at the very best, we kind of came you know, to a realistic conclusion here that this team, a six and four through the first 10 is amazing for what this team is going to be you know, trying to build into. And we're seeing them get wins on the fly while still building. I really don't know how they're doing it. I mean, I guess it's just, you know, being able to kind of just close these games and find themselves and, you know, teaching themselves the moments that they need to teach literally in the moment, which is extremely, extremely hard. I haven't really seen much teams do it in any sport, but you're seeing the Wizards do it right now. And if there's anything to put faith and stock into right now is that the fact that they're going to be able to win these tough games. And of course, they're going to lose some bad ones. This is a long NBA season, but the fact that they're six and one right now, we were looking at it and we're like, dog, if they go five and five, four and six, we're going to be okay about this. I- I'm really, really happy about it. I mean, ind- individual contributors that, you know, I've just been really, really, um, I guess the word is impressed by. First of all, Montrez Harrell and Kyle Kuzma, I don't know how their roles were being used with the Lakers. I mean, I do know how. It, it just wasn't, I guess, in the right way, especially Montrez Harrell, um, given the fact that he is a sixth man of the year. 
And I don't know how they didn't find a spot for him, um, but especially with Kyle Kuzma, I, his ability to really be that true, I guess, modern-day three, four wing guy where, I mean, he has enough athleticism to, of course, be the three and stuff out there, but he still has the, you know, honestly, just being truthful about it, the balls to go in there and get 11.8, 12 rebounds a game while still being able to get a steal, while still being able to almost register a block. These things like that, it's pure effort. And I haven't seen a lot of, we haven't seen a lot of pure effort in years. So the fact that we're getting effort, skill, and the ability to actually, you know, run plays, pay attention to detail and play defense is the recipe that we've been talking about all season, where they needed to be. What we were missing last year, these are all the points that we were really giving them hell for. And they're starting to meet and check off those boxes. So I couldn't be happier for their start. We'll see how, you know, pans out maybe throughout a month or so, but I'm really excited about this team. And it feels good to actually say that right now. So we talked about it on this podcast where we thought it would take a minute for them to gel and get going. And I thought they would have a slow start because their schedule is so hard coming out the gate. It doesn't get any easier uh, this week coming up. They have uh, the Hawks tomorrow. Um, They have, uh, I believe they have the Jazz coming up or the um, Bucks coming up. So their schedule is going to get a lot harder. And I thought it was just like, it's going to take some time. So yeah, they have the Hawks, the Raptors, the Grizzlies, the Bucks. Um, then you get a little bit of reprieve with the Cavs, the Magic, the Pelicans. But man, it's surprising. I, I'm truly stunned at what this team is doing. Not only has Bradley Beal not played well, he hasn't he hasn't been his all NBA self. Once he does start hitting, and he said it in his postgame yesterday, once we start hitting, once we start actually hitting shots and clicking on offense, we're going to be good. I don't even care about the offensive end right now. I am watching the defense. Bradley Beal is playing defense. That is a major thing. He doesn't have to play 40 minutes and get all the buckets. Like they have legitimate guys on this squad. Corey Kispert, your rookie for the first, Mike, when was the last time a rookie that we drafted didn't get significant playing time? It just doesn't seem like something that doesn't happen here, but good teams. That's what happens with them. Like everybody's been talking about how good THT is, but he doesn't play because he's on a good Lakers team and can't find minutes. When was, do you remember a time where we had a rookie where he wasn't getting any minutes at all? Dude, I literally just ran back through maybe the last 15 years of rookies because, you know, that's really when we started paying attention. Literally, I couldn't even tell you. Even guys like, you know, our, our off-season signings or, you know, guys that were supposed to be bought in. Dude, like, it just doesn't happen around here, honestly. Jan Vesti was getting 25 minutes at a point. You know what I'm saying? Like, Darius Sangaila wasn't drafted by us, but he was still brought in, was getting a lot of minutes when he first came in. Guys like this. That who probably shouldn't be getting minutes at all. Who Corey Kisper is more talented than, honestly. We're getting minutes and he's not. And that's a sign of a good team, as you mentioned. Most of the guys ended up starting like off rip. They just, that's just what the Wizards did. And somehow, some way, Corey Kisper can't crack the lineup. And I think he's a very solid player. With Rui coming back, I don't know how that four position is going to work out. Maybe Bertans is completely on the bench too. But Wes Unseld has the Washington Wizards playing defense. And that's all that matters to me. You see a team where one through five, they're able to switch. They're able to be aggressive. Montrezl Harrell is not the greatest defender, but they try their ass off. Kuzma is a good defender. Denny is the best defender on the team currently. Getting assignments of KD, Jason Tatum, and he's giving them all he can. So I'm excited for what this uh, team can be. Now, the question is, Michael, going into the season, I think we were a little higher than 
most people that don't really pay attention to the Wizards. So we both said they were four, five, six seed. After you've seen about a week and a half now, five games from the Washington Wizards, do you think the expectations we put on them are fair? Should we raise them up? Or I don't think you will say this, but should we maybe even lower them? Oh, no, I think they're absolutely fair. And I think you could bump them up one spot to them being like a solid, true four seed, just because of how they're playing and the depth of the team and actually how it all works out. I think one of the big reasons why we kind of labeled them to that, you know, that four, five, six range was because that six range is them not necessarily playing up to where they could be. That five range was about, you know, maybe being like, okay, they found themselves a little bit later in the season. And the four range is what we're seeing right now where the team jumps out to a five, one, um, you know, five, one start. And they kind of just kind of coast through the rest of it because I mean, dog, you're up four, you're four games right now. This is amazing. I think that the range that we put them in is absolutely correct. And I, want to see a little bit more i would like to see the team healthy before i feel confident enough and win more games of course before i put them at that three three seed i don't necessarily think they pass that three seed but i would like to see more of you know of course get healthy play more games get more wins show themselves over maybe a month and a half two months span before i say a three seed but i think that four seed is ours to lose honestly and once again a beautiful beautiful sight especially because you don't have to play in that dumb play in which is not dumb but it's dumb for teams that are um, you know, probably shouldn't be in that plane. They always end up getting caught in it, kind of. If you can avoid that, be a solid four seed and a, a solid four seed, play a great year of basketball and have home court advantage for at least the first round or so, beautiful, beautiful sight. And I think that four range is right. That's really, really perfect for them. Yeah, I think the four is legit. We said our best case scenario is what the Atlanta Hawks ended up doing last year where there was injury luck, but a team that was deep and was able to go even with them having their own injuries was able to go deep into the playoffs. If you can see something like that being duplicated, I could see it with the Washington Wizards. A lot of people had the Charlotte Hornets and the uh, Chicago Bulls. Both those teams are very good. So it's going to be tough to get into that, um, to get into that four role. But I think if they keep playing the way they are, they could find themselves not being in the play in. And I think everybody maybe outside of us who, really covered the team or talked about the Washington Wizards. All I heard was like, ah, oh, they made the play in last year. I think they fell out because the Hornets are better this year. The Bulls are going to make the play in and the Washington Wizards are showing that, Hey, this may not be the case. And who knows? I'm getting ahead of myself. We show ourselves as a good team and the Boston Celtics keep tripping up like they are instead of Beal to Boston, it's Tatum to DC and, and good, yes, good sir. Slide my man. <laughs> hey, good things happen. We have enough pieces to trade, so that's what I'm. That's what I'm interested in. I want to see if Tommy just rides out with this team because they are very packed at the fourth position right now. Is Tommy going to ride out with this team, or is he going to try to trade to get somebody better that's going to play more minutes for a playoff series? So, so much to figure out with this Washington Wizards team. But one thing we can say: they play hard. They're going to be scrappy on defense. They somehow put together enough offense and Wes Unsell Jr. has this organization. Well, Wes Unsell Jr. and Tommy Shepard have this organization going in the right way. And when you have an owner that is able to admit his mistakes and give the reins to somebody new and say, hey, this is what we have to do. You have a Capitals team that has not lost a game yet this year. They've had their overtime losses, but they've gotten a point in every single game this year. And then you have now a Wizards team that's five and one. You have a Nats team that goes to the World Series. But for 20 years, the owner of the Washington football team didn't want to change the name, hiding scandals, 
always in the news for the wrong reasons, and you wonder why it's not getting better here. If the Wizards somehow turn it around and are not a team that's a laughingstock anymore, Daniel Snyder will be the only laughingstock in D.C. And I'll be fine with it because I have all my other teams to root for, and I'm not going to waste my time on the Washington football team. So it is a bye week, so we will be off on Thursday and Sunday. We may do a podcast at some point, maybe talk about the Wizards on uh, Sunday night and do some type of preview for uh, Washington and Tampa. Spoiler alert, Washington's losing by 30 in that game. But (laughs) for Mike and for Micah, we'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.